You and I are both exercise fanatics. We love it. You know, it's a big part of our lives and helps us feel so good. So I'm not going to downplay it completely. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, when you're trying to get yourself healthy, there is an order of importance and hierarchy of what you need to do. So like, if you were to try to get these workouts in and exercise really hard on top of your already stressed, busy schedule, and you're not prioritizing healthy eating, you are pushing a ball uphill. If you're missing sleep, you're creating a hormonal environment that's very hard for you to lose weight. So like where we start with ladies is certainly establishing the foundational nutrition habits, hydration habits, and sleep habits. It all starts there. And we've had fit moms lose close to 100 pounds, literally just walking and doing hydration and doing good nutrition. This is Get Personal with Dr. Chris. Real life stories and informative conversations, helping you take control of your health and feel like yourself again. Today, I'm talking to someone I have known for a while now, Dr. Anthony Balduzzi. Anthony and I met about 10 years ago at Naturopathic Medical School. We were both very busy students, but I noticed immediately that Anthony was going above and beyond, working on launching a business on top of medical school. I quickly learned that he was a very motivated and very smart guy that wanted to help as many people as he possibly could. Now he runs the Fit Father and Fit Mother Projects, online communities where people can come together to lose weight and get healthy in a sustainable way, adhering to naturopathic principles. We talked about Anthony's formative childhood experience, seeing his father die of cancer, how anyone can develop healthy habits, and how surrounding yourself with a supportive community can be a key to achieving your health and weight loss goals. Hi, everyone. Today I am speaking with Dr. Anthony Balduzzi. He is not only a friend, but colleague, and we went to medical school together. Uh, An amazing guy. I can't wait for you to hear his story. I'll tell you a little bit about him. Dr. Balduzzi is a naturopathic doctor and a national champion bodybuilder, the founder of Fit Father and Fit Mother Project. Over the past 10 years, he's dedicated his life to helping busy fathers and mothers lose weight and build muscle to stay healthy for their families. And as a family person, I like to call myself uh, mom of four kids and, you know, married, I think 34 years this year, it's kind of hard to keep track. (laughs) Um, I value that family unit. So Dr. Anthony, tell us a little bit about the inspiration before you built this amazing program that you have right now. Well, first off, thank you for having me here. It's really fun to be able to connect with you and collaborate on this amazing platform that you have. And my personal story, I guess, starts back from a little bit of family tragedy. Growing up, I didn't desire to be a doctor or really care much about health. I'd I'd consider myself like an average kid. I was born in upstate New York, and we grew up a mix of like upstate New York and Canada. And I love being outside, riding my bike, playing tag and doing all these things. Except in the background of these early experiences, I was watching my dad go through some tremendous health issues. It was one night where we were in the house and my dad fell over and he had a grand mal seizure. And so we took him to the hospital and the doctors did an MRI and CT 
and they found out that he had a, a very progressed stage of brain cancer. And I watched dad basically go through a series of chemotherapy, brain surgery, recovery, and I got an early appreciation seeing I guess, mortality, the mortality of our parents at the time, me being so young, like this is my superhero, my dad, I got to see like all the things that he was missing out on, but I also got to see him like fight to fight for his health and his vitality. And in, a, in an interesting way, I was exposed to a lot of naturopathic medical principles, seeing my dad go through this because we didn't just do conventional medicine. My mom also took him to uh, an acupuncturist at the time. And this was also probably about 25 years ago. So I think a lot of the chemotherapy and, and surgery and stuff like that has come a long way. My dad went through it and he he ended up dying when he was 42 years old. I was nine years old at the time and it rocked my world, but it also kind of set me on a trajectory to get very serious about health at a young age. And on my 10th birthday, my mom gifted me a pair of my dad's old weights, his dumbbells. And you know, I didn't know what I was doing at the time, but I had this idea in my mind that I wanted to get myself strong. I wanted to become so strong that cancer didn't affect me. And I wanted to, I was tired of being sad and, and so feeling like I was a victim for all these, these experiences I was having. So I started to affect some personal power through the simplest way I knew, which was when I was outside and I was running until my lungs burned, I didn't feel as sad. And when I started to train with the dumbbells, I started to get stronger. And this was a process that I kind of initiated I, my mental, emotional, and even spiritual healing. And then it snowballed into this massive passion um, for, you know, discovering and understanding health. And, and like you, Dr. Chris, I was a fitness instructor. I got into personal training and eventually into bodybuilding. And after going through, you know, university and bodybuilding, and I, I decided to go to naturopathic medical school because I was so just enamored with the power of this lifestyle-based medicine, what you can do with nutrition, supplementation, exercise, the connection between the mind and the body, the whole person and preventative medicine. This is all the stuff I was like touching on a little bit through fitness. And then it kind of came full bore with this naturopathic medical curriculum that just really captured my heart and <laughs> made me learn so much more than I thought I, I knew. I thought I was wise before school and then, you know, gained so much wisdom in there. And while in school, I also had the desire to help people like my dad, which were people that are busy running their families, busy careers, Health gets put on the back burner. There's stress, you know, environmental toxicants, things that trigger DNA damage and cancers. And I, I saw many people like my dad that, you know, were trying to manage it all. And eventually something was breaking and it wasn't always cancer, right? It was maybe metabolic syndrome, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, whatever. But I knew there was a common thread with how you can design a life that works for busy parents with respect to like sustainable routines. And I started building my websites in medical school. And eventually fast forward, you know, this many years later, we have these amazing programs for Fit Father Project, Fit Mother Project. And to date, we've had around 50,000 men and women in over a hundred countries go through these programs and get themselves healthy. And it's amazing. I basically get to teach naturopathic principles of good living under this guise of fit father and fit mother under this kind of like fitness family banner, which a lot of people relate to, but truly this is like naturopathic medicine, helping people, you know, basically become the boss of their own bodies, understand how to break these old patterns and establish healthy rhythms. Yeah. I, I love, love your story. And I didn't know your story when I first met you, obviously when in medical school, all I saw was a very fit, good looking young man. And I, you would come into class and literally have your nose buried in your computer the whole time. I'm like, how in the world is this guy learning medicine, which is really hard, 
<laughs> and at the same time, what is he doing on his computer? Well, you were already there. You were focused. You were already determined to build this business, to bring this to fathers, mothers, families, and to basically give them what maybe your father didn't have and make their lives so much better while you were becoming a doctor. So I think that is an amazing story all in of itself too. I looked at your website and I'm just like, this is perfect. Like, who doesn't need this? Everybody needs this. One of the things that I find every day when working with people is that the journey of trying to lose weight or get into better shape also feels lonely. And even though everybody's doing it, it feels like you're by yourself. And I love the way you build community. Talk to me about how you thought about that piece of, of your program and how, how it works for you and for your members, more or less. For sure. You know, it, it's a great point. I, I think when we first started, and I'll kind of run through the creation of the program and how it kind of moved into this very vibrant community there is now, it yeah. was yes. starting to figure out the pillars of this. So I believe the pillars that people needed to get in place to get their lives right is one, they needed some kind of nutrition plan because that's a big gap for many people. It's either like, I don't know the right foods to eat or it's too hard to fit it into my schedule. So we developed the fit father, no think meal plan is what we called it. And we implemented a lot of behavioral psychology stuff and I'm using the Royal we, it was me on a computer in medical school, but then it got refined with all these amazing people I I work with. I know. know? (laughs) I saw that. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it's a nutrition pillar. You got to get the meal plan down. And I realized when people had a meal plan, they could start to like, to take some action on that. It created some momentum. You need to figure out how to get your mindset right, which is really your relationship to your behaviors, your awareness around why health is important and really helping create new neuro associations between why it's important to actually make a change. Because anytime someone's trying to make a change, there's a certain amount of inertia in their lives because they're naturally where they're at because of the factors, environmental and like personal, that are kind of keeping them in this holding pattern. So to bust out of that requires a good amount of energy. And part of that energy is like internal, psychic, spiritual, emotional. And that comes from this deep mindset process. So we developed like this mission statement mindset process to help people like really relate to their health in a deeper way. It's a process of reflection and journaling and stuff like that. And then we realized that you need exercise and it needs to be age appropriate and it needs to, quite frankly, be pretty time efficient because a lot of people's objections to exercising is I just don't have the time or I'm too busy. So we came up with these metabolic resistance training workouts, which are a combination of strength training plus cardio plus mobility all in one. Um, and they're high intensity. They're higher intensity than maybe something like a classic yoga workout, classic cardio workout. But the way we tell people is, hey, look, if you have 30 minutes two to three times a week to do this. This is all you need to create a profound metabolic shift in your body that will work for a lot of time. And people can get behind that and, and are willing to exchange that amount of time for the benefit. And certainly it's hard at first, but it gets easier as they get more fit. And then as it expanded, we started putting people into groups because we realized if we get people in community, it's like, we want to share these journeys and, and, and we get unhealthy through this like slow process of kind of being mired in our own lives. And I think perspective is like one of these great superpowers that we can get by being able to be in groups and see other people's experiences. So by being in other groups and seeing other people go through it, you can see some guys or ladies that are quote unquote, way worse off than you who have had great success. And that's highly motivational. 
And as you go further in your journey and you get some success, you get to look back over your shoulder and help other people and give them some tips and tidbits. Oh yeah, I was there a couple months ago. This is how I solved that nutrition challenge. Or yeah, sleep's been hard for me. I work shift work. This is how I able to solve that. And I think this process of healing, now we're going to talk a little more metaphysical, is, is partly like doing work ourselves exerting our personal power, creating traction and like seeing some results of our efforts, that connection, but it's also bringing it full circle into service with other people. And I think that's what community gives you as well. Mm -hmm. In the beginning stages, when you join a community, if you're just getting started, you get to receive service from other people who want to give because they were in your shoes. And then you feel that love and support and good human kindness that can wrap us up and give us a little bit of a prop if things are hard and it gets a little challenging. And at the same time, as you progress, now you get to be at this generative factor to give to other people. And it just creates a cycle of goodness. And I got, I, I wish I could tell you it was all like intentional, but it just kind of like we put people in groups as they're going through like a shared experience. And then the human spirit comes through and is just so massively supportive. And we have one of those amazing Facebook groups for fit father and fit mother for our members. That's just like full of goodness. Like you go in there, it's like the one place on the internet you want to hang out at. And I think it just helps show people <laughs> yeah. that this is like a really beautiful thing because ultimately while we're walking this life of like trying to do our best, it's good to be around supportive people, people that are on the same wavelength. And the problem is that's not always our family and friends right now. You know, some oftentimes our current environment mm -hmm. is keeping us stuck because these are the factors that are putting pressure on us. So it's kind of nice when you get to like be around quote unquote strangers, but also be very intimate with them. Like you can have deeper conversations sometimes mm -hmm. in some of these groups that are focused with people who don't know all of your background, but do know the core of what you're trying to do and do support you because they see this higher path that you're walking and resonate. So I think that's just this connection that we can have with one another. That's the magic glue that also pulls together these pillars of nutrition, sleep, and exercise. Yeah. I think one of the most important things about when you talk about personal power and the sense of community and the personal power, giving, getting power from others and you giving powers to them, power to them is what creates the maintenance. You know, one of the biggest challenges to changing our lifestyle, right, is, is that we'll get like in the groove. We're super motivated. We've lost 10 pounds and we're in the program, if you will. And yet it doesn't translate to our life. And this, I think, is a great way to help it continue in our life. And the other thing I wanted to know is, so you mentioned the nutrition and the meal plan, which makes sense. And obviously your exercise programs, I love the intensity three to four times a week, but what are your, like, what's those top five things? If we can shift for just a minute. Now you brought in the fit women and our fit mom, and I did some work for you. We did the yoga programs and I love the fit mother project idea because it's so hard as a naturopath as well. I don't necessarily give those plans. Like I can't, I don't have time. I can't do your meal plan. I can't do your exercise plan, but you can, you know, it's great to have someplace to send them. And so when you started the fit mothers program, how did it differ a little bit from your fit father's program? Yeah. Well, I mean, the nice thing, and I'll talk about some of the foundations, we we had workouts that were slightly different and yeah. tailored for women. So I think maybe on the exercise front, there were different mm -hmm. focus areas with the workouts. 
Although we still are big fans of this concept of metabolic resistance training, which is like more women, especially those over 40 need to strength train. We all know that or do some kind of resistance training. So we had workouts that were gearing to get ladies up to speed on the right kinds of strength training with the right form, with the right target area. So the workout's a little different. Thankfully, the nutrition plan is very similar. What may be slightly different are the general portion Mm -hmm. sizes and guidelines for men and women and some other fun stuff that women can throw into their, their shakes and their supplements that make things unique. Like something you and I have talked about before, like maca, certain kinds of seeds at certain times, Mm -hmm. certain kinds of supplements to support hormones. So it's like the baseline is the same, but it's the finer details that makes it a little more specific. And I guess like also the journey of weight loss for men and women is, is similar, but different. It's just like a fact. I've seen so many people go through these journeys that men lose weight easier than women. Most of the time, not all of the time, but most of the time. And it's really nice to see the fit moms in a particular group where the expectations are like pure in consistent and everyone can like feel like, yes, this is a struggle or some women tend to have more hangups on the scale because of the culture of skinny and all these kinds of things. So I think it's like the emotional Mm -hmm. processing that happens along the journey in these like gender specific groups is, is really helpful and powerful. And what I love is that's something that just happens like automatically. Like I, I feel like blessed to have created a curriculum that works for many people guidance, but like the spirit of it is the fit mothers. It's certainly not Anthony in any sense. Mm-hmm. What what are the biggest mistakes do you think that women are making over 40 in terms of their diet and nutrition and, and their mindset that's causing that extra weight around the middle? I hear that literally every single day. Every single day in my office, I've gained these extra weight. This rate. What are they doing? What's happening? What's causing that? And how can we help it? Or how do you help it? For sure. I think there's, we'll, we'll start with maybe some of the mental misconceptions and we'll get into the habits and behaviors. I think the mm-hmm. first mental misconception is just like mm-hmm. maybe the average mom who's trying to do it all, who wants to get healthier, who struggled. A lot of women actually first start to think that working out is more of the priority than it needs to be. And don't get me wrong, you and I are both exercise fanatics. We love it. You know, it's a big part of our lives and helps us feel so good. So I'm not going to downplay it completely, Mm -hmm. but the fact is when you're trying to get yourself healthy, there is an order of importance and hierarchy of what you need to do. So like if you were to try to get these workouts in and exercise really hard on top of your already stressed, busy schedule, and you're not prioritizing healthy eating, you are pushing a ball uphill. If you're missing sleep, you're creating a hormonal environment. That's very hard for you to lose weight. So like where we start with ladies is certainly establishing the foundational nutrition habits, hydration habits, and sleep habits. It all starts there. And we've had fit moms lose close to a hundred pounds, literally just walking and doing hydration and doing good nutrition. High intensity exercise helps and is necessary for sculpting, for building muscle and all that. But like you can lose a lot of weight. Like probably people listening to this don't necessarily have a hundred pounds. Maybe you do, but like nutrition is the key. Now, when it comes to nutrition, I think a lot of ladies who have struggled have gone through many different types of diets. Like, and and there's a motion that comes with every single, right. And there's a motion that comes with every single one of Mm -hmm. those diet attempts because you get really excited because you read a book from a particular doctor who says, this is the way to do it. So you're really excited about low carb or really excited about keto or really excited about plant-based. And then you think this is like the solution, but ultimately a lot of these diets have really good benefits to them 
have science and research behind them, create certain effects, but it's about what's sustainable and what's about your schedule and your behaviors. So the way we approach nutrition is we start by looking at your schedule uniquely and we we establish what your meal timing schedule setup is. We start to make nutrition more proactive before we even look at foods. And we also are big believers in the idea of winning the morning by creating whatever your first meal of the day is, whether you do intermittent fast and that meal comes later in the day, or you do have breakfast at 7 a.m. We like to standardize that first meal of the day and get it healthy. And the reason that's so important is because if you do standardize that first meal and you know it's a healthy thing, so it's a protein smoothie, eggs and berries, overnight oatmeal, something like this, you're getting a lot of vitamins, minerals, protein, um, and just like micronutrients into your body early in the day. So you feel good. And we all know this to be true. Like Good decisions early in the day beget more good decisions later in the day. There's positive momentum that happens. So we like to nail and standardize the morning and give very few choice in the morning. We want you to dial in your go-to breakfast and maybe even your go-to lunches. So it could be some kind of healthy sandwich recipe on some sprouted bread or something, or it could be protein on a salad kind of scenario or leftovers from dinner the night before. But we like to standardize the first couple of meals of the day because we're trying to get people to build good habits and momentum. And then for dinner, we like to give people a little more variety. And our personal approach is not super, super, super low carb ketogenic. Like it's not like under 30 grams of carbs. We like to help people eat lower carb, but most people with families, especially if you have kids in the household and you're a mom, like you're serving some kind of carbohydrate with dinner. Like it's kind of a thing that many people do. So we teach some portion guidelines on how you can include a quarter of your plate being some kind of carbohydrate you love, a quarter of your plate being some kind of protein you love, and fill the other half in with some kind of vegetable. You know, we we call that the perfect plate. So we help to teach some portion guidelines so you don't feel as restricted. Because anytime we feel super restricted, you know, that's exactly what our brain wants to crave. If you're on a low carb diet, you want carbs. If you're on a low fat diet, you just want the avocado. So we don't like the whole restriction thing because it kind of falls in the in the line of not being sustainable. And we like to help people build habits because when you can really focus on something that's going to be sustainable from day one and you start to get the habit reps in and then you find, oh, wow, I can release weight without being on a super restrictive diet, then it gives you more confidence. And because you start selling from sustainable from the beginning, it's not like you did something so radical that it creates massive friction in your life. So I think it's all about sustainability when it comes to nutrition. That's like my main thing. I love that because that is the biggest, I think, detriment to a lot of women that I talk to is they'll skip breakfast. Oh, they're, they're quote, intermittent fasting, so they're just not going to eat. But very few people do that correctly, as you probably know. So, And then they eat a salad or have a bite of something at lunch, and then they're coming home for dinner and they're starving. And so then it's just like a whole, a go-to. You're eating while you're making dinner, while you're having a glass of wine, while you're just, it's a, it's a backload. It's this, this is constant backload. And then the metabolism is just doesn't, your, your poor metabolism just doesn't know what's going on. And especially with the moms that have, do have younger kids, you do, you know, nighttime is usually your time to be with family. And it's nice to be able to prepare a meal that everybody can eat. And um, kids do like carbs and love love carbs. So you give them a lot of carbs, you eat your amount of carbs, whatever it is. But creating that sustainable environment, I think is, I love that right on. And, and starting the day with a breakfast that's planned, here's your two choices that you love, make one of them. Like it's, that's it. And then next, it, it just makes life so, so much more smoother. <laughs> we talked a little bit about an 80-20 lifestyle when we, you and I were talking before. And 
I have literally preached 80-20 lifestyle since 89 when I was a health coach. I mean, like a, a million years, forever and ever, because there's no way we can be 100%. And 20% of the time, your things are just going to be different. You're going to be on vacation or you're going to have parties. What is the strategy that you teach for that? Love it. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I think <laughs> I think it's important, and we build this into our like nutrition programming. I think the place where people want to really like quote unquote let their hair down is sometimes you want to eat mm-hmm. foods that are quote unquote off the plan. So foods that you know aren't like the healthiest for you, but you still like really enjoy. I mean, you and I are both Italian with our background. You know, there's foods <laughs> yes, in that in that culture obviously. that are absolutely delicious that aren't exactly the best for like weight loss per se. So what we like to do is have people make those decisions to turn to those foods as proactive things instead of reactive. So we have people actually plan those into their schedule. So this means you're looking ahead at the week, mm-hmm. adding more awareness and you're like, okay, on Friday or Saturday, maybe it's maybe it's Friday after a long work and the kids at a sports game and you all go out to dinner or whatever, or Saturday, it's a date night, something like this. You know that you're going to have a scheduled free meal. We call it a free meal, not a cheat meal, because cheat means you're doing something bad. Free, yeah. in our opinion, means this is built in and you're intentionally allowing yourself to have whatever you want during that discrete period of time. We think it's better to do that like later in the day and save that for dinner because that's a time when you oftentimes have these heavier entrees and foods. And if you do that earlier in the day, sometimes after you've had that like double mimosa pancake breakfast waffle thing, you just feel like (laughs) crap the whole rest of your day. And then you end up like snacking too much. But a free meal at night once a week is a great habit. Um, and, And then the cool thing is like, if you have a really dialed in morning routine the next day, so you know that you, st- you wake up the next morning, you rehydrate with some water, some lemon and some electrolytes, and then you have your standardized breakfast. It's like the, what you did the night before was perfect. It was in the plan. You obviously are experiencing some bloat or you're just feeling like, whoa, I ate a lot. Now you're getting right back on because what we want to do is minimize drifts. Because it's fine. 80-20 works mm-hmm. really great as long as that 20% doesn't flip the other side and turn into the 80%, right? And the reason that happens is exactly. because when we go yes. off plan, it ends up being a massive momentum shift. So what if we can have guardrails in place where you have that standardized morning the next day that you can get right back to, that you pre-plan the meal so there was no guilt. You knew what you were going to get into. You were going to have pizza with the family, and that was okay. And quite frankly, another thing you can do is on those days that you are going to have a free meal. If you do get a strength training workout in, it changes some of the metabolic parameters in your muscles and gets your body ready to soak up some of those extra carbs and calories and fats. So like having a free meal is a great tool. And what you'll also find is free meals teach you a lot because as you begin to do them and get your body cleaner and you're eating clean 80% of the time, then you go to go out there and you have the burger or the pizza, or you eat a ton of sushi. Then you get to experience the effect that certain foods have on your body. I think it's like when we're eating these foods all the time, it's almost like constant static and noise where you just don't realize what it's like to feel good. But when you're 80% of the time, then it teaches you, oh, I eat this food. It was really tasty. I'm glad I did it. But man, like I was bloated for three days afterwards. And now you're in the process of learning. And when you have that kind of direct experiential learning, it's creating powerful neuro associations in your mind that's actually slowly shifting your preferences and your habits. And this is what's powerful because the more you walk this path, your whole psychology shifts from the cravings that you used to have to actually starting to crave feeling good. 
And some of those foods you used to really think were hyper palatable and delicious, you now like them, but you just don't like them as much because you have a different connection to them because you've learned so much by being good 80% of the time and having free meals that are teaching you. So we also love the idea of fasting. I think fasting is a wonderful tool. And I'm talking Mm -hmm. about fasting in the context of like really good baseline eating, not like not like disordered eating in the sense where you're just not eating or you're saying you're fasting and then you just go crazy at night. Like that's a bad approach to that. But if you do have good nutrition in place, you doing something like dinner to dinner fasting is is a habit that we recommend starting in month two of our programs because it gives your body a chance to get into some more catabolic metabolism, to clean out the GI tract, to just rest a little bit. And it has a lot of profound health and anti-aging benefits. So sometimes some of our ladies, as they get deeper into this program, we'll do a free meal on one day and then they'll fast the next day um, or they free meal and then they get back on track with a good breakfast and then do a dinner to dinner fast. These are just tools, just suggestions, not what anyone has to do, but there's ways to incorporate it on the nutrition. On the exercise, I think it's good to actually take time off. Like it's okay after you've been in a nice groove to take deload weeks to go on vacation and just like not do your strength training and just walk on the beach or to just do some breath work and some yoga. So it's like training goes in ebbs and flows, like all cycles in nature. Sometimes there's times where you're hitting it really hard. And there's other times where you feel like you're just, if you're feeling run down, ragged, and you're feeling exhausted, the last thing your body needs is another high intensity workout that week. So it's fine to honestly, like take a little bit of time and rest and recover because when you're feeling that internal motivation and drive to go ahead and like succeed with this stuff, that's, what's going to give you the great workouts. And you're not tapping so deep into this well of your own willpower. And and if you, if you're hating it, you're not going to sustain long-term. So these are some variables on how to make it like more balanced. We, we, we build it into the plan. Basically it's not off balance. It's just in a small portion. And that does help us to become more intuitive um, which is something that I'm always an advocate of. I mean, it, it, it's almost like I was thinking when you were saying, you know, you, you change your behavior because you realize when you do those free meals, you realize, well, that didn't feel so good. And then you change, you know, you're like, maybe I won't do that again. It's almost like natural consequences. I have to sometimes go back to, you know, raising four kids, right? Yes. <laughs> natural consequences of not cleaning your room on time means you don't get to go out. But, you know, it's let them make little mistakes and that's it. You know, you make these mistakes and it does, it changes the neurofibers. It changes the way you're brain is working. Yep. It makes it makes it so you almost don't even have to make a decision anymore. Yes. Totally. You know, I mean that's real we, learning. Re- it's experiential. It, you know, it's because visceral. it's natural. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, you know, my husband and I were at, went out recently for a dinner. It happened to be a place where they were known for their fried fish. And both of us were like, okay, we're going to participate because this is what you do. You know, the next day neither of us felt well. And you know, I do this uh, fasting, get myself back on a pro set thing. I use apples. It's just something I've done my whole life. And, you know, the next day I feel great, you know, but I expected that to happen, but I made that decision. And that's what I hope for most of all our patients and clients is that it becomes natural, right? Can you tell us a little bit more about the fasting? What, what are your recommendations? And to you, what is a fast? If you're doing a dinner to dinner, what is, what, if anything, is allowed in that dinner to dinner time. Okay. Well, I think there's basically myself personally, and what I teach people inside our fit mother and fit father programs, there's really three different types of fasting that we do. The first type is just strictly time restricted eating. And this can be as simple Mm -hmm. as, as having dinner a little bit earlier 
and just giving your body at least like 12 hours break between when you had dinner at night and when you have breakfast. So it's like you have dinner at six, you have breakfast at six, you know, dinner at 6 p.m., breakfast at six. That's even 12 hours. I'm not going to necessarily call it a fast, but mm-hmm. it's beneficial for people to not have too much digestive stress late in the evening. It's not great for sleep. It, and there's just benefits to not having a huge, huge meal too late or just to stop eating after dinner. So there, that's a whole discussion on that. But that would be like a very basic time restrictive eating. For people who find that they do enjoy intermittent fasting a little bit longer, so maybe they're not a breakfast person or they want to push back a little bit, you could have a setup something like this. You have your first meal sometime around 10, 30, 11 a.m. You have a snack around 2, 3 p.m. and you have dinner at 6. So those are still like you're eating something balanced. You can have not just one huge meal, but you have a nice substantive first meal, an afternoon mini meal or snack, which could be you know fruits and nuts and jerkies maybe some vegetables, whatever you, whatever your, your kind of preference is. And then you have a, a proper substantive dinner at six. That's an option. The dinner to dinner fasting is, is certainly can be used as a weight loss tool. I mean, most people in a day just through total daily energy expenditure and, and keeping the body alive are going to be burning around 2000 calories at least. So if you do that once per week and you had, let's say dinner on today, and then you just drank water teas, herbal teas. If people have caffeine in their life, that's a part of it. You can certainly have black coffee, caffeinated teas, and you just don't eat, but just have liquids, non-caloric liquids until dinner the next day. So that's 24 hours. There's a lot of health benefits to that. Mm -hmm. You know, the body becomes more metabolically flexible as it begins to produce more ketone bodies in the short term, as it just like uh, your growth hormone rises, your insulin sensitivity improves, and you can do that once per week. And if you're really trying to push your weight loss, there is a lot of good research in these alternating fasting diets where people do it twice per week sometimes, and it can really push the envelope forward. But that would be something that I think you work into, you know, maybe start once per week and just see how it Mm -hmm. feels. And it's not even just a physical thing. For me, it's a little bit of like a spiritual and a mental thing too. I find I'm very productive on fasting days when I do take them. And uh, and it's just, you don't have to think about food, all that resource that you thought about food and you still get to eat every day. You still get to have a nice dinner. And I recommend just having a really good, healthy dinner, not like blowing it up and doing the cheat meal after the fast day. That's like too many extreme variables. Just have the nice, healthy meal after the fast day. That's a good habit. And then I also am a believer in more extended fasting you know, now we're talking like three days, 72 hour water fasts. You know, those are like, those are challenging and something you might want to build up to, but it's pretty clear from the research. And certainly my personal experience is there's a ton of health benefits to having these longer fasts, but I, I only recommend those to people after they've done dinner to dinner fast for some time, they understand how their body reacts and responds, and they want to try something a little deeper. There's also, you know, not necessarily just like zero calorie fasting. Like I've talked about here, I've talked about the, you know, the, the 24 hour, basically no calorie fast, the three day water fast. There's also a benefit to doing these juice cleanses where you are getting calories in the form of easily to digest fruit juices Mm -hmm. and vegetables, and just having still getting calories, but not having solid food for a time. There's a, there's a great health educator by the name of John Rose, who is a huge advocate of what he calls like Mm -hmm. solid food vacations and using juice feasting and fasting like that. (laughs) I think there's benefits in, in that as well. Um, but I think people can certainly start with having dinner a little bit earlier and trying to do a 24 hour fast once per week. Um, that, that could be a nice place to experiment with. Yeah, I love that. And I love that it's not that it's not disordered eating. I like that, you know, you're recommending that 
after they've been in the program for a while and really started to understand how their body works. Because some people just don't feel well when they're fasting and certain fasts wouldn't be as ideal for them, but other fasts might be. But we certainly know in the longevity world, we do know that autophagy happens. You get you, you can you know gobble up the bad cells, get rid of those bad cells, bring more new cells in, and it's very advantageous fasting in different forms. So I, I think that's a great idea as well. Before we kind of wrap things up, there's one other question I had for you. Uh, when we were working on some of our yoga tapes for your Fit Moms project, you were mentioning that you had just finished up a retreat, that you had some get-togethers for your community. So that's something that you do in your program. Can you tell us just real quick about that? Yeah, this is something that we started doing um, last last year. Well, I guess two years ago for Fit Father, we had our first Fit Mother retreat a few months ago. And basically, we gather, we, we gave the opportunity for 12 ladies to join us in Sedona. We rented a beautiful retreat space and property. And we used it as a time to like come together and deeply connect to eat amazing healthy foods, to do yoga, to do hiking, to bring in breathwork instructors, uh, morning workouts. And uh, I know you, you being a native Arizonian, you know that there's lots of special places in this state. Sedona is one of them, and it has a certain kind of uh, energy about it that's a beautiful place for people to reconnect and restore. So we do these. We do them about twice per year where we get a group of ladies to come in. And, and these are almost always ladies that are pretty deep in our Fit Mother programs. They've been with us. They've seen some success. And now they just want to like really connect with their fellow Fit Mother sisters and come to these experiences. And we do them Thursday through Sunday. Um, we kick it off with breath work. We have private healthy chefs that feed us all throughout the weekend. We hike some of the greatest trails. We spend time to like connect and learn and just be outside some campfires at night. So really fun times. And I, I think what I'll, what I'll share with that outside of like, if someone's interested in retreats, like certainly you can contact us. We have upcoming retreats this September 21 through 24, I believe um, of 2023 is the power of community in person in nature. These are elements that are like so healing. Like there's something about getting together with like-minded people in a beautiful setting, breathing fresh air, and maybe having some fire, some water, and some air. These kind of like primal elements, if you will, <laughs> are really good for the spirit, mm -hmm. especially when we're together. And I think that's what we have started to create and offer with these retreats. And they've been just like amazing every time we've done them. Sounds really fun. I would be very into that. <laughs> So before we finish up completely, then, um, Dr. Anthony, give us more information about, because everybody's listening and they're like, oh, yes, I need to lose that weight around my middle. Um, how are they going to find you? So if you're a fit mother or want to be a fit mother listening to this, then fitmotherproject.com is a great place to start. As well as you can look us up on YouTube, YouTube Fit Mother Project. We have an amazing channel with a ton of like really useful videos, nutrition stuff, workouts, et cetera. And on fitmotherproject.com, if you go to the main website, we have uh, links where you can, we'll send you our free meal plan and free workout. So we have all these stuff I kind of talked about, but it's all like written out with recipes and exact exercises you can do at home. We'll send that straight to your email. So you can join our newsletter and also get that. And there's also contact forms on our website as well, if you're interested in things like our retreats. So that's on Fit Mother Project. On the Fit Father Project side, it's fitfatherproject.com. We also have an amazing YouTube channel for Fit Fathers, which Fit Father Project, you can find us there. And we also have free meal plans and workouts for the guys that are linked on those sites. So I would say the website would be the first place to go, um, get the free meal plan and workouts and then YouTube channel. And then we have contact forms as well. If you want to send us a message, say that you found us here on uh, Dr. Chris podcast and just say hi, we'd love to hear from you. 
All right. Sounds amazing. Thank you for sharing your time with me today, Dr. Anthony. I look forward to talking to you again and I can't wait to see where the future continues to take you. Thank you. Thanks, Dr. Chris. 